0: Hey family, listen. If you're like me, life gets crazy and hectic. And sometimes our body needs a little extra love. For years, I've been using something that has been a game changer for me as well as recommending it to my clients. I'd like to introduce you to Vital Body. It is packed with 37 fruits and vegetables, 19 herbs and spices, prebiotics, 15 strands of probiotics, 21 different enzymes and i'm telling you what you get a hundred percent of your daily dose of 21 vitamins and minerals straight from nature this product contains no gmos and it is vegan friendly and here's the best thing there are no artificial flavors <laughs> so if you're ready to kick off your vitality journey and you want to feel better daily and if you're like me you want a little extra sleep throughout the night, head on over to vitalbody.com backslash Monica. And because you remember the Black Women Amplified family, they are graciously giving us an extra 20% off of our order. Just use the code Monica20. Get prepared. I can't wait for you to try it. Head on over to vitalbody.com backslash Monica and start your vitality journey today. Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to Black Women Amplified, the podcast. Your host, Monica Wisdom Tyson, brings you downloadable conversations that matter to women around the globe. We discuss all things black girl magic, amplify our voices, and transform our challenges into triumphs. Monica calls on her League of Extraordinary Women to push our boundaries, share their expertise, and stories of personal transformation. Welcome, your host of Black Women Amplified, Monica Wisdom Tyson. Hello, Black Women Amplified family. It's your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am excited to be with you today. We are going to have an incredible conversation. So, I'm not going to chit chat too much on the beginning because this is a rich conversation that I think we as black women have got to ask. As you know that this is the season of self-care and I was inspired for this season, one from God, because you know I pray about everything, two from an article that I read in the Yale School of Medicine that says that black women are not being studied because of our weathering. Meaning that we get diseases and disorders earlier than other groups of women, including Latina women. And we're kicking out of here earlier. So because of that, I said, what can I do to bring solutions to this situation? And what came to me was self-care, but not the typical self-care day at the spa or hanging out with your girls. That's all great. And that's a part of what I'm talking about. What I mean as far as self-care is a new way of living our lives from all different aspects. How we think about ourselves, how we view ourselves, our mental wellness, to the music we listen to, the environments that we're in, all the things. It's time for us to really examine that. Because if Yale is saying that there's a problem, there must be a problem. And if we're not telling our girlfriends what's going on, but inside we are struggling and we are suffering, Let's have those conversations. And this conversation I wanted to have, I've been wanting to have for a pretty long time because I've noticed some things. You know, I observe and I look at the world a little bit differently. So I'm posing the question today, is it time for black women to break up with feminism? (gasps) Why would you say that? Now, let me be clear. I am 100% for equality. I am 100% for equity and inclusion. But what I'm not here for is feminist groups not prioritizing black women. That's what I'm not here for. And we're gonna get into that conversation with my very special guest and co-host, Shayla Washington. Shayla is a staunch supporter of diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. She has a background that spans from education to entertainment with a deep commitment to community development. She is out here to disrupt the representation of black women by creating, cultivating, and celebrating positive spaces that uplift our voices and amplify the content powered by real people and real conversations. This is how she showcases true diversity and shows the world that we are not a monolith. She's the founder of a globally recognized community called Black Girls Talk. Shayla has spent years advocating for underrepresented voices, introducing new ones, and creating spaces that foster empowerment. She, like I, am a true believer in the power of community. This is why I decided she was the perfect person to have this conversation, because we align in the understanding that we need to do something different. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the founder of Black Girls Talk, to the Black Women Amplified podcast, Miss Shayla Washington. Hello, Black Women Amplified. This is your girl, Monica Wisdom, and I am excited to be with you today. Welcome to season three. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have not checked out the phenomenal interviews in season two, please go back and check them out. We have some amazing women that I had conversations with and you really want to hear what they're doing, what they've done, and their journey across the world. Today, we're having a special conversation with Ms. Shayla Washington. She is my co-host today, and we're going to talk about something incredibly important to Black women. But before we get into it, Shayla, thank you and welcome. How are you doing today?
1: I am doing awesome. Thank you, Monica, for having me. This is exciting.
0: Yes, I'm excited too. I, I have been tracking you on social media here and there. <laughs> <laughs> and I came across you, I first came across you in the infamous Clubhouse days when I was on Clubhouse and you became the Clubhouse icon. How exciting! It was an exciting day for Black girls around the world and a long time coming. <laughs> <laughs> so tell our audience a bit about you, what you do, what you're into.
1: Oh, goodness. I am a mother of four, three boys, one girl. My oldest just turned 25 the other day and my youngest is 15. I'm a grandmother of three and I have been in the entrepreneurial world for about 21 years now. Over that time, I spent a lot of time in not just copywriting and content writing, but I also focused my attention on brand development and brand strategy for startups mostly, and then decided that I wanted to spend more time working with black entrepreneurs because I felt like our brands weren't being represented as well as they should have and were not able to compete with their white counterparts in the general market. So I wanted to devote more time working specifically with black brands. And then the Girl Boss movement came along, hashtag Girlboss. <laughs> and I started Black Girl Boss back in about 2018 as kind of a correction to that movement because black women were underrepresented in that. Yet year after year, we were constantly the fastest growing segment of business owners. But you wouldn't know it had you looked at all the content that was being shown. So I created Black Girl Boss. It was an amazing community. And then, like, then Clubhouse came along. <laughs> <laughs> we ran the community there. I decided that I needed a space where I could talk about more than just business. I can talk about the freedom to have discussions about, you know, my family and all the other struggles that I was having. And so I changed it from Black Girl Boss boss to black girls talk.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we focused on those, those small intimate conversations where people could really be free to say all the things and not have to be anything. When you walked into the space, you didn't have to wear the cape, the crown or anything, no code switching, any of that. It was just a space where you could just be. So that's me in a nutshell. I guess, <laughs> I guess. my journey, my journey through it all.
0: Listen, we are, I I tell people we are all diamonds. We have many facets. (laughs) We are no longer this singular idea. We are many facets. Well, that is amazing. And it's, and I have found being an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship for Black women is very personal. So you have to talk about all the things because it's all interconnected within us. Typically when Black women open up a business, it is to help other people. We're not just in it for the money. Um, maybe we need some of that mindset. We'll rent it just for the money. (laughs) (laughs) We might operate differently, but thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. I think that you have a grandmother girl. I know. I had no, (laughs) (laughs) when you look, when you're saying the numbers, I'm like 25. I know. I know and I I now know
1: what my mother meant when she was constantly saying to us, y'all trying to make me old. And I said, I say that to my kids now. Y'all are trying to make me old. So, yeah, grandmother and dealing with the teenage daughter as well. So, I don't know which one's going to take me out first.
0: <laughs> Teenagers are special. I think there should be an island for them. <laughs> Because when those hormones kick in, I'm not a mom, but I am a godmother. But yeah, when those hormones kick in, it's something special. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It is. It is. And I think back to like, when did my hormones kick in? I was like, oh yeah, I was a mess too. (laughs) (laughs) So today's conversation is something that I have been thinking about for years. Just the idea of it, the reasons behind it. And trying to define it for myself. And the question of the day is Is it time for Black women to break up with feminism? And when I was uh, over the summer, I got a certificate in women's entrepreneurship. And in doing my research for a project I was working on for class, there was no research on Black women, there was research on all types of different types of people, you know. But when it came to Black women, our health, everything was very little information when it came to our finances. It was just big numbers. There wasn't specific studies. And then I came across this article in the Yale School of Medicine, and I keep talking about it. And the article, the um, title is, Black women excluded from critical studies due to weathering. So first I had to look up weathering. Like, what does that mean in regards to us? And it said, weathering by a lifetime of discrimination, Black women age earlier and faster. I was like, oh, my God. Which was makes sense because I remember when we did a talk show in Clubhouse, a woman came on and she worked in D.C. and she said she was terrified because five of her co-workers in their 60s had passed away within a year.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And she was like, I can't keep doing this. I have a son. I'm just going to leave. So it was like one of those situations where it was dire for her to get an environment where she felt like she could live for a long time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so then I went into the quandary of where are the feminists? When you read stuff like this, Yale is a prominent school. And then you're looking at all the other things that are happening when it comes to venture capital, when it comes to maternal health, all of the things. And I ask myself, well, where are the feminists in these conversations? So I ask you, do you feel like it's time for Black women to break up with feminism?
1: I'm a person who thinks deeply and overthinks. <laughs> and my mother <laughs> tried to make me feel better and said, no, Shay, you're thoughtful. You don't overthink. <laughs> Thank you. I feel that... I'm not sure if it's about breaking up with or taking control of, and I struggle with that. Where I stand in that, I'm a person who has always been. I feel like it's on me. To... <laughs> I have to stand up and be the voice and do the thing, and I understand that. As Black women, we have, like you said, with the weathering, there's so much that we are already dealing with, just getting up in the morning and leaving the house, all the things that we're bombarded with. To be a part of a movement such as this, which has usually, we have been somewhere in the fold, yet also invisible somehow. To be tasked with bringing you know making all the changes and being the voice for all women and all the things and you know wearing the cape is that something that we should be taking on or that we need to be taking on but i feel like it's just like with the conversations about race where we say that not everyone it's not you know we don't have to educate the white community about our issues and they can go learn. There are tons of resources out there for them to learn, but it is going to take some people to actually do the education because if we leave it up to others, the miseducation that is going on right now, the allies are not allying. (laughs) So so it's going to require some of us to actually do that work so my question is who are the ones that want to do the work there have to be people that that feel that it's worth taking the time and doing that fight and then we have to be able to support them in the way that i have found for myself that only black women can do when it comes to support so when i thought about you know when i when i heard the question my first thought was well who are our prominent voices when it comes to Black feminists these days. And I was curious as to your, like, who comes to mind for you when you think of the feminist movement and and Black women? Are there individuals that you're like, oh, that person?
0: (laughs) You know, I, as you're asking the question, I just feel like everything is so decentralized right now. Uh I can't think of one person and for me, it's still the elders. It's still Angela Davis. Uh-huh. You know, it's still Bell Hooks. It's still our poet, Sonia Sanchez. For me, it's still those people. And I know that I'm Gen X. And so those who have always been my people. But even when I'm looking at the younger group of women, I can't think of one person where I would say, well, let me go and see what she's talking about. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. curiosity of let me see what a bunch of people are talking about but no i don't find that there's one person or a few people that i'm going to go to like if something was happening let me go see what my angelou is saying about this so i can get clear in my head you know cuz my head can get to spinning <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and all different directions and sometimes i just need that one beacon to say okay just focus on this right now right so right. i don't No, I don't. Even in in music, there's not that one person that I will go listen to and just center myself. Uh But I I mean, as far as this era of women, but I still go back to the older eras and that's where I find my solace. So no, the answer to your question is no, I haven't. There's some great women out there speaking. Yeah. But I find it to be more of political conversations than about Black women's liberation.
1: And I, what I have felt is that much like our... Everything in our everyday lives, there's whether it's our entertainment or, you know, anything on social media, I feel like the representation of Black women, you know, we're constantly saying we're not a monolith, but I don't think that's represented in the things that we see and hear. So when it comes to, like, voices of female leaders that I've heard or things that have been sent to me, none of it really sticks with me because I don't feel like it represents me or my voice. Mm-hmm. And, and the the places where I find myself, which are very diverse when it comes to, you know, the different Black women that are there, that's the theme that I'm constantly hearing from everyone, is that even though we're starting to see more of us, there's still... We're not being seen. It, it's still like this this one image or one or two images of of black women. You're either Oprah status, Beyonce status, or you're on the very low end and there's all people in the middle that are not <laughs> are not being represented and our problems aren't being spoken to or for. And so I don't feel that there's that representation out there. It, it's kind of dis, just disheartening, but yeah, it, it's one of those things that I know I asked my daughter the question and she was like, well, that's odd to say, <laughs> is there a, a feminist leader? And I was like, okay, well, a prominent voice, you know, it doesn't have to be one person <laughs> or one of the prominent voices. Well, <laughs> we, had,
0: we had leadership because there was that one person that was in many rooms that would yes. gather information and bring it to us. It wasn't mm-hmm. that they were telling us what to do. It was like, okay, well, I had a meeting with the president. I had a meeting with this person. I had, I've had i been over in this country, and this is the information that I'm bringing to you. And this is the conclusion I have drawn. So it wasn't like a leader as a general follow me, but it's always been that voice that is in rooms that we're not able to get into. Mm-hmm. And it seems like, I hate to use this word, gatekeepers, but the those that do get in those spaces are not bringing back the information. It's like they're using it to benefit themselves and to get ahead, which is great. Do you? But there used to be a sense of community right, within that conversation that I don't find now. It's like, I got mine, you get yours, which to me is an emulation of not our culture. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just say uh-huh. it like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it seems like we have dipped into emulating other cultures and hierarchies and bring it back over here, whereas it used to be the barbershop, the church, wherever we gathered, it was an exchange of information so that we all grew together. But now it's, I got mine, you get yours. And yeah, so the idea of leadership was different because it was about community,
1: uh-huh.
0: not hierarchy.
1: <laughs> yes. Thank you. I'm going to bring that back to her.
0: <laughs> so tell her I said. <laughs> Remember what we were talking about yesterday? Here's right. my rebuttal.
1: <laughs> Took me some time. Right? <laughs> What I found, which has been extremely frustrating for me, is that the conversations that I'm seeing the most of, where it's not about, you know, us coming together and doing something together, it's who's pro-Black and who isn't. I'm like, the amount of time you guys are sitting here having this discussion. Do you know how many think, do you know what I could have done in all this time? And it's the same conversation over and over and over again. And I'm saying, where's this getting us? Because while we're fighting each other over this all these other people are making progress in other areas and we can't get it together among our own community so i feel like we have a lot of family business to take care of and again i like you said when it, in terms of leadership we have to have you know those leaders who are within the community that can help rally us together and bring us together to handle that family business and then those who are like you said to go out and represent us and and other places who are aware of and connected with the various issues that we have within the community who are willing to listen and not be about just like you said it's for the advancement of the community and not any one individual but people who are really about that and really really devoted to those things but it is it's hard to find but i believe that part of that is because relatively speaking we're just getting into this <laughs> when you think about like you know how long the civil rights movement and all of those things like we're just starting to get into these positions So I feel like for a lot of people, especially in the corporate world, it's difficult for them to now stand up and say, these are the issues and this is what we want to deal with or, you know, to bring other people into the rooms that they have access to because they're trying to secure their seat. So I can understand that to a degree because there, there isn't that security. They're still trying to feel the space out <laughs> and know if it actually is safe for them to speak up. So I feel like it's going to take some special individuals who aren't in certain situations that they have the freedom to be able to speak up and still be tapped in with what's happening on all these various levels because we're kind of new to this and it's going to take a lot of listening, a lot of coming together, Organization, which is something that I think we've always struggled with as a community in recent years, as a community, as compared to other ethnicities.
0: Yeah, it's really interesting because the common conversation is, if we only came together, well, how long are we going to have that conversation before we actually come together? Right, right. Like, when is this happening? Because you are right. We are. I always call us a Black people nation. As a Black people nation, we are very young because we didn't get true American freedom until the Civil Rights Movement, until after. So let's say 1970 is when our nation began. So from there to then, it's not even two generations away. It's within our generation. I was born in 19, I hate to say my, but I was born in 1960. Look, don't do because when I'm older, <laughs> then I'm gonna shut this whole thing <laughs> I was born in the 60s. <laughs> Like the kids say, you're from the 1900s. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am from the. I am proud to be from the 1900s. <laughs> but being born in the 1900s, but we are a young nation, and what I don't know any other nation that has been able to achieve in 60 years what we have, uh-huh. going from Jim Crow to actually having billionaires uh-huh. and billionaires, not now, but from 10 years ago. So within 50 years, the amount of wealth and access and education we have accumulated in 50 years, for some reason, it just feels like everything is regressing now. Now that people have accumulated education and wealth, that we're kind of like going into our own silos and picking teams, so busy picking teams and labels and things. It's like, what happened to the community? But I also don't think that we realize how much we have accomplished because we are so busy comparing ourselves to other communities. Uh-huh. You know, so I feel like I guess the question is, how do we re centralize the conversation around what we need as a community?
1: I think. For me, what I have found that, you know, as we were talking about, I, I said that I'm I'm a listener more than a speaker. And I feel that a lot of people are not willing to do the listening in order to come into those conversations prepared to know even where to start. And a lot of times those who are Starting conversations where you think there would be okay. This is, this is the way. Like I, I'll jump into clubhouse rooms with a title that I feel like we're. This is about progress. All right, we're coming together as a community and it completely goes downhill because that was i won't say it wasn't the intention but whether it's a, a family a workplace a, a community whoever is in charge <laughs> <laughs> that you know that dictates that sets the tone for everything and the tone always shifts in a way that this isn't going to be anything related to any kind of solution and at some point we're all just going to start tearing each other down and and that's when I I check out (laughs) but it's (laughs) conversations where I feel that or people who I feel that need to be empowered enough to speak up and I feel like we're starting to get to people who are finding themselves, finding their footing, finding their voices, and I'm interested in seeing what happens when those people are able to step to the mic, and we start convincing or or getting others who've been the noise makers, but noise for the sake of I just want to hear my own voice and get people arguing because that's what's going to get me likes and follows and all of that because that was a conversation I heard or something I saw on Instagram recently or people were saying I'm going to talk about you because I get paid when I talk about you and it was a black man to a black woman and it was just like, well, okay, this mm-hmm. is very clear about that. But when, when those who have had the mic and haven't been using it in a way that is conducive to our growth and our progression, if we can convince them to pass the mic to those who are ready to speak up who have some new things to say, some new ideas, and for us to just be willing to listen, to hear each other, to hear the stories, so that we know that we can find the people who belong in the rooms, or we can find out who has access to the rooms and can get these other people to the rooms. We're we're not talking enough about things that are relevant to our advancement for us to even, like I said, begin to organize and say, Okay, well this person should be talking to this person and this person actually knows this person and can get them in here. There I feel like there isn't that yet. It is about entertainment, likes, follows, clout <laughs> influence, all of that rather than the let let's get somewhere. It's not a movement,
0: it's just chatter. Hello family. This is Monica Wisdom. I wanted to share a story with you that absolutely changed my life. In 2015, during a business trip, my hustle-driven life led me straight to urgent care with full-blown pneumonia. The doctor's orders were clear, no flying home until I fully recovered. Faced with a critical decision, I had to choose between continuing to ignore my exhaustion or embrace self-care. After three days of reflection and healing, I made a choice. The decision was to prioritize my self-care and reclaim my vitality i shifted my life and put myself first now i am here to help other women who find themselves at a similar crossroads i offer two ways that we can work together with monica wisdom coaching personalized one-on-one coaching or self-care downloadable journals designed to help you recalibrate your life and put yourself first Simply visit www.blackwomenamplifier.com and all the information is there. Take a moment, visit the site and let me know how we can work together and how I can support you supporting yourself. Have an amazing day and God bless you. Boom. (laughs) Drop the mic. It's just chatter. I love that. I love that because that's what it feels like. It just feels like chatter. It's like, I'm just talking for the sake of talking. And it's so like passionate and, you know, they're very convicted about it, but there's nothing that says, where are the solutions? So when we're talking in terms of feminism, as Black women, we do have, all of us have a mic now, all of us have a way to communicate, but there's no central conversation. Now, here's the other side of it black women are tired (laughs) (laughs) tired tired we're tired (laughs) we exhausted all the things like like when the elections happened in 2016 it was I have a group chat of women that we've been talking since 2014 and a couple of them were passionate and the rest of I was like I'm just gonna (laughs) one out I'm just going to get my snacks, my Netflix, and j- I'm just going to get under the cover and sit this one out because there's no way that I even know how to combat what this is.
1: Uh-huh. And I'm not
0: going to spend my time trying <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, you know, we're just coming out and then we walk into a, a global atrocity and it's like, I just got to take care of me right now. So I feel like that's also the conversation that's happening. and people are like, I just got to take care of me right now and so how do we find a balance in i feel like we need a time clock like you know you take this shift <laughs> yeah
1: and it <laughs> take is this shift <laughs> that's i think it's it is the same. we had a conversation i had a conversation with one of the other community leaders and we were talking about essentially that you have your community i have my community we need breaks and what would happen if you took this week off the app and i take this week off the app because we know that everybody's going to be fine (laughs) as long as somebody's watching over and it is it's like we need shifts we need shifts for this stuff (laughs) but the thing that i have been telling everyone is that you know everyone says you don't have to do i i'm not the type that does like the marches and all that stuff put me i'm the person who i want to be at the table I'll have the conversations with the people. I'll do that all day. Part of that is because of where I like, where I live. Like there are safety issues and stuff that that are concerning for me. But I have found that what I urge people to do, especially Black women, I say that self care is our activism. It's our active activism now. Self care, self love, because for us to do anything, whether you're in the fight whether you're just trying to be a black woman existing in America, just to raise your family, to have this legacy, to, to run these businesses that we have, we have to take care of ourselves. And that is the biggest, for me, what I believe form of activism for me is like the hardest thing for me to actually <laughs> do. Mm-hmm. Because for so many years, we weren't allowed to take care of ourselves. We weren't allowed to love ourselves. And now we're at a point where we can actually start doing that a little bit. So if we're going to do anything, that has to be number one. We have to take care of ourselves. Because like you said, the statistics are showing like what's, what is happening to us. And the other thing that I see, as I told my mother, age lied to me, like all of those things that say like black don't crack and all that. And my mother, she's in her 70s and looks like my sister. And the first time I got a wrinkle, I was like, what is this? (laughs) This is not supposed to happen, but it's all of the stress and all the things that I take on all the time and then not taking care of myself in the ways that I should. So in order for us to, like I said, if I'm about all these things that I say that I'm about and for helping black women around the world and all this stuff, I can't do any of that if I'm not going to take care of myself And of all the things I do in a day, one of the most important will probably be like the nap that I take (laughs) because
0: I need that to be able to keep pressing on. I feel like a toddler and I need my blankie. And no one disrupt me. Nobody.
1: Just don't because it's going to be ugly for everyone. But I feel that those are the things that we can start looking at when we are able to take care of ourselves, learn all of those things. It's unfortunate that like everyone's doing like AI and all this other stuff and black women are like learning to love ourselves. Like it's so unfair, yet maybe we are getting a, a leg up on the competition by, you know, learning how to love ourselves and taking that time to do it in ways that other people haven't. I don't know that I've seen like a self-love coach or or anyone. Most of the ones that I've seen are black women. And those are the people that they they generally work with. It's us that we need all of that. But I feel like there's so, so, so much (laughs) and it all starts with listening finding out who's ready to start being part of solutions. I share an office with someone who is in the political world. He was a chief of staff for a few different politicians at different times, and we've had conversations about different things. And I've talked to him about reparations and things like that. And he told me, Shay, people don't come to us with solutions, they come to us with problems and then get mad when they don't get in the door, or or we don't, you know, fix it in the way that they want. But no one comes to us with solutions. You come with a solution, I'll get you in the door. And I was like, I got solutions for (laughs) you.
0: Let's go. I remember we were talking, it's a group of people, we were talking about other communities, you know, we get into this conversation about the Asian community, this community, that community, how they, you know, are so much further ahead than us. And I said, well, the thing is, is that when they go to the politicians, they tell the politicians what they want. Mm -hmm. They don't go looking for answers from politicians. They say, this is what we want. Mm -hmm. This is how many people we have. This is how much money we have to defeat you. So either get in the game or get out of it. And so it's like, well, how do you, how did they, they come with like here, here are <laughs> 10 demands. Yeah. And it's not something, it's a demand that advances their community. Uh-huh. They actually are getting laws changed. And I get, we have a survival piece that we have to deal with, but they, yeah. like you said, they're coming with a solid, well thought out plan that they have allowed the people who know how to make the plans. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's not just say, hey, we want a crosswalk on the street. Yeah, that's good. But we need housing for a yeah. thousand families. And I remember it and not to sidetrack this, but I remember I was going to Florida one year and I was sitting next to a man who was Cuban and he was reading a pamphlet that George Bush had put together, The Promise for Latin America. And it was a secret. And the only reason I knew about it, because I was sitting next to him and he was an immigration attorney, Cuban. We had a long conversation he showed it to me. The promises that they were made is why they vote Republican. Housing, citizenship, school, health care, all the things. It was like, as if, if you just get here to America, we're going to take care of you. Uh, and so we think, well, they just don't like. no, it has nothing to do with us. It has all to do with their community. They were made promises. Now, the, previ- the current administration has broken the promises, but previous administrations made promises to their community because they made the demands. And that's the difference. We don't make the demands as a community. So enough about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just get real passionate about it when I when I think about that, you're exactly right. Nobody comes with a solution. We just come with this is wrong and this is wrong and this is wrong. We have to decide what we're going to do about what we want done about it and then make the plan.
1: And follow up. We have so many. And I like I said, I love when people get involved. I absolutely love when people get involved, but we will get passionate about something that we see happening. Like we'll have the march, we'll have the protest. And then where's the follow up? What happens after that? And I had a conversation with the same colleague of mine and I, we talked about, you know, all the, the marches in, in DC and he said, he talked to one of the people there and they, he asked him, you know, what is the impact that those make? He said, we just clean up and get ready for the next one. That's coming the next day. There's always going to be somebody (laughs) marching for something on any given day. It's the follow-up that matters. What are we doing next? What are we going, how are we handling this next? And my thing has been, it starts at home. It starts with the hard conversations. It starts with, like I said, how we're taking care of ourselves, but also, you know, there's so much that we're seeing happening in other countries, which I'm so glad that we're all tuned in to those things, but we need to know what's happening locally in our own towns and cities. That's where we have power. That's where we can do something. That's where decisions are made and for so many issues that we have we can be taking care of them at a local level if we get involved and i think we're missing out on the impact that we can make at our kids schools and you know with when it comes to access to food and mental health services and all these things that's a local level that we can handle those things and control what our everyday lives look like if we get involved at that level and we keep missing that because we see the presidential election and and that's what controls everything but it's the local where we need to be more active and more proactive and be more informed about who's actually running these places, (laughs) who's actually in charge in my area, and what are the issues, and what's being voted on,
0: and how do I make my voice heard where I am? It's like we need a Black girl version of Schoolhouse Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Just sit down and explain how this stuff works. Like, just simple things of why isn't feminine supplies, why isn't it a tax deduction? (laughs) We need them to live. (laughs) exactly wow. you know yeah. so just simple yeah. things like that like i could really use that 40 dollars a month for something else
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the the things that people don't think about there are there are things i had in a conversation with one of our local officials they go door-to-door campaigning and he picked the wrong day to come to my door i had him talk for three hours <laughs> He was giving me hugs, apologizing for everything. But I was explaining to him, it's we live in an area where the politicians who are, you know, are voted into these, these seats, they are very out of touch with a lot of the issues that are happening for people who are, like I said, they don't have the access to to food the way that they should. Even our local food pantry, I understand their efforts to make things more accessible, but even trying to go through that system, they're not seeing how they've made it more difficult. And the people who actually need that are people that people wouldn't think are the ones who actually need those services, and they don't want to speak up. It shouldn't be that, you know, the people who are working at the grocery store are the ones who need those services the most, usually. And they're, you know, ev- every night so much food is, is thrown out at the grocery store. And I know there's laws and stuff that's related to that. But my son actually works at our local grocery store part-time when he's home from school. And, you know, he was leaving one night. It was midnight. And he was like, I hadn't eaten anything yet. I was late shift. And they rolled all these chickens by me (laughs) and threw them all away. They wouldn't even let me have one. And I was like, wow, straight to the trash. But just to think of all these things that we're just not aware of. And it's because, again, people aren't talking. People aren't listening. Everyone's so disconnected. We don't know what's going on with who and what and all these things because we're we are so separated from each other within our own community with you know just people within our our local areas where we live just we've become a disconnected nation I believe in a in a lot of ways but for the black community specifically I feel like there's a lot that we need to do to come together and there's a lot that's Designed to keep us apart, and I feel like we keep falling for that trap. Guys, <laughs> like, we've seen this before. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know how this one ends? Like, they're not just... <laughs> innovative.
0: It's the same thing over and over again. And I think about when the, the previous election happened, and all of these fights were happening on Twitter, and then they found out that they were all fake bi- bots fighting each other. <laughs> There was a bot for this argument. There was a bot for this argument. They were fighting each other and everybody was engaged. I'm like. And we're in the comments getting hot and heated and fighting each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's just set up for chaos. It is set up for chaos. And that's why I feel like, like you said, self-care is so important because we have to disconnect ourselves from the chaos just to think. Uh-huh. It's like I tell people: just turn on, Don't when you get up in the morning, don't turn the news on, don't log in. Even Adriana Huffington said my, her phone is not in her room, so nothing can oh, wake her up I in I the morning. I, I, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. <I can't. laughs> but <laughs> but just the the idea of I mean I love how the the iPhone has you can turn it off so that you don't get interrupted during the night, and they have that whole bedtime. It's like time to shut down. <laughs> get ready for bed bedtime is in 40 minutes yeah, okay. yeah you know so it's like we we're like toddlers we have to be told when to go to bed <laughs> and we have computers telling us to do it but so I ask you in all of our conversations and just all the work that you've done in all the years how do you define feminism for yourself
1: for me, I, well, I used to be a, an editor and I'm big on definitions <laughs> and breaking words down. So for me, anything like that is, you know, for the advancement of women and just putting it as simple as that, simple, simple terms, because whether it is editing and writing or whether it's business. I feel like you should always be able to explain things to a five-year-old, and that's no disrespect to a five-year-old, but it should be in simple terms so that people can understand. And I feel like for feminism, we need to break it down to its simplest form. We want to be for the advancement of women. And we are at a time now where people don't even agree with what a woman is. So again, <laughs> we've gone back to complicating so many things that we're not going to make progress. If we're fighting over all of these different things, let's just work on how we can advance everyone. But then we go back to, you know, in terms of equity, Black women, other marginalized communities and different ethnicities, we are we have some catching up to do. And I feel like we don't have those people, our our white counterparts, who are bringing us to the forefront in the way that we need to. So it has never been, even though we're in the age of DEIA, it has not been about bringing us forward and giving us that equity, even though we've pushed this movement along for as long as we have, as far as we have. It's time for them to start pulling for us. It's time for Black women to be afforded the opportunity to be the damsel in distress and have people start fighting for us. And those are the women that we've been fighting for for a long time. But it takes us stepping up and letting them know, guys, this is where you need to do step it up (laughs) this is where we're falling behind because we need you to speak up like i said the allies are not doing the speaking on our behalf in the way that they need to a lot of the rhetoric and stuff that they're putting out there is actually harmful to us so it's, it's a balanced thing. We have to have those of us who are willing to stand up and do the education that we don't want to do, do the speaking in the different groups that we may not want to, to do, but it's vital. It's critical for us to, to get anywhere. But we need that group of allies who are actually going to listen to take their own emotions and fragility out of it, understand, be open for correction, and actually be ready to to stand up for us in the ways that are meaningful even when it means taking a hit for
0: themselves. And here's the other thing about allyship. <laughs> you also have to work on these constructs within yourself. Yes. Don't make your allyship about me as a black woman. You also need to be an ally for yourself within your own communities. And because you can't, you don't even know how to fix me if you haven't fixed your positioning in your own community. So I get you want to do good and I appreciate that, but I also need you to work on you. I need you to decolonize your mind. I need you to go through the biases within yourself. And then I need you to tell the boys in your family, this is not how we're going to treat people. Because I look, you know, every time something happens, the first thing, if it's a Black-on-Black crime, well, who are their mothers? Who raised them? I ask the same question. Who are their mothers and who raised them? (laughs) So the allyship has to be a multidimensional process because you have got to heal what's in your, and it's not me telling you what's wrong with you. I need you to go on your own journey of self-discovery that's void of yoga and meditation Like, I really want you to do the hard work of dismantling the issues that you're fighting against within yourself. And I think that once that happens, you know, I always say that it's not enough to just look at slavery of what happened to Black people. You also have to look at slavery of what happened to white people. And I don't mean like in the sense of Oh, feel bad for the white people because they were part of slavery. No, look at what your ancestors did to other groups of people. And once you dismantle that and really look at that, you will have no choice but to create equal environments for other people. You have no choice but to dismantle patriarchy because you've dismantled it within yourself. Because of, you know, Black women to me have always been property in the mind of white men but white women have always been possessions in the mind of white men. So there's a whole thing that they have to deal with before they can truly help us, which is why I think they get excited, but then they retreat because they're still under that mindset of I can only do so much. It's like, no, you can do all the things, too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You can make the decision to make choices, too. You can decide that this is no longer your way of life, too. You know, so it has to be, in my opinion, you have to be, they need to be an ally for themselves because the depths of what we go through as Black women, we cannot have anybody around us who's going to go half in, like you said. Either you're going to go all the way with us. This is why I don't like the term intersectionality uh-huh. because it, to me, intersectionality is like, well, if it also is a problem for me, then I'll work on it but y'all figure all that other stuff by yourself. <laughs> right. That's what it sounds like to me. It's like, oh, well, we connect here. So let's all fight for this. But then when it comes to issues that is like maternal motherhood <laughs> is literally killing us at a much higher rate than other women. We're all the feminists for that. right? Why aren't you all picketing at the hospitals? Why aren't you talking to your people in your family who are doctors? You know, and it's not just men who are, OBGYN, it's also women. Uh And the number says, and this is the last thing I'm going to say, the number says Black women have a 50% chance rate of living through birth with a Black doctor. So the rate goes up 50% simply by changing the race of the doctor. That tells you everything you need to know. So then where are the feminists who are dealing with that? The white feminists, I should say, that are dealing with that. Because you all have access to those rooms that we can't get into.
1: That we help get them into.
0: (laughs) Right. That we help get the girl go get it. And then they get in there and like, well, I'll see you later. Close the door. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're so great. You're so amazing. Black girl magic. And then they close the door. Yeah. So then here we are taking all of our energy and our hurt feelings. And we're going over here and we're trying to heal each other in a system that continues to step on top of us. So that's why I pose the question, is it time for Black women (laughs) to break up with feminism? And I don't mean the idea of women's equality, 100%. Women equal equity, 100%. But as a movement, do we need to shift it to another conversation? So that's the question I ask you. That's the question I ask everybody. Is it that time? Because I feel like Feminism, as it was, is no longer working for us as Black women. And what say you, Shayla?
1: I'm looking at, look, I'm a person, like we were saying, like I'm in the lab. What I, I believe that I'm a big person on definition and redefining things when needed. And I think it is time to change what feminism is, because otherwise we're not going to the movement as you said we're not going to change it or disrupt it enough to weed out everything that has been wrong all these years it has to be a different movement and it has to be one that was that is started by us with our issues and the issues of other minorities at the center as the focus and to start there so i think it is a a separate movement. It is a change that needs to come. And maybe it's time to, yes, leave, leave that one in the dust (laughs) and give birth to something new, something different. Because I think it's one of those things that at this point, it just leaves a bad taste in so many people's mouths that there may not be a way to clean it up in the way that it needs to.
0: I agree. I agree. I I feel like that there's two things happening with black women. One, we are exhausted and tired of fighting all the fights. I 100% get that. But then I also feel like there's a huge renaissance happening with us Uh where we are discovering new parts of ourselves, you know, just as individuals. I mean, and I'm not saying this has anything to do with Beyonce and her tour. (laughs) I feel like her tour is a reflection of what's happening. If you pay attention, women, young, especially the, the young, the, like the, the little ones. And I love that the little ones are being raised in families who are allowing them to be themselves, as opposed to how I was raised, be seen, not heard. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're developing, maturing in a different way than we were, than my generation was allowed to. Mm-hmm. We laugh all the time how they had to tell the parents to go find your kids at 1030 at night every night. Yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's 1030. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> well, now that you ask. Oh, where is Johnny? <laughs> get your head had to my get do a roll call. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that piece of it. But I also feel like our generation, with well, Gen X, we have a lot of healing to do. Because we were put here to forge the new paths for everybody else.
1: Uh hmm
0: and I feel like our this, you know, when you're getting your late 40s and your 50s, you're asking yourself, is this it? Like, did I do all this work for this? Now, huh, what else can I do? Because our 50 is not the 50 of the generation before and the generation before bad. that. It's like, it's truly middle of an age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but with all of these things coming at us, we're not living to be older people. And so there has to be a change in how we define what our feminism is for us. If it's a new term, it's the same term. Self-care has to be a part, a huge part of the new definition. And I don't mean self-care, have a girl's night out or manicure, but as a way of life. So I think the new inclusion is including yourself in the conversation, which is something that we generally have not done. We fight for others, but we have to fight for ourselves just as much. And so I don't know what the new term is, (laughs) but I just want to pose the question to everyone. Again, is it time for Black women to break up a feminism? And I think that as we, as these younger generations are coming up with, they're so innovative and creative. And we have, you know, very strong ties to being grounded in this land that there has to be a connection somewhere where we come together. And I think self-care is going to be our connection where we can go back and have those private conversations amongst ourselves. So I think for me, the new definition of feminism is black women liberation, where we free ourselves from the constructs and the ideas of other cultures, other societies, and really get in here and fuse ourselves to being grounded in our own power and what that looks like to use our power for ourselves and to be a little selfish, (laughs) just a little selfish. So yeah, I I tend to say it's time for the new Black women liberation conversation and how we can get free, how we can take care of ourselves so that we can be the great grandmothers (laughs) for this generation. So tell us what you were up to. You're making changes. You're doing all the things. What is next for Black Girls Talk?
1: (laughs) Black Girls Talk right now, what I'm working on is putting together some events. It's one of the things that people love most about the community. It's because when I we get to open up the doors. People get, when we had the whole icon run, people were so curious about what goes on in this community. <laughs> <So> our <laughs> events allow us to open up the doors, bring people in and let them experience this amazing community and witness all of these, you know, absolutely powerful women who have given themselves permission to not have to be strong and powerful at every given second for everyone else except for themselves so working on events so that more people can hear our voices and in this time you know as the holidays are approaching and moving forward i'm working more on my balance so being able to find more voices find more spaces that are safe for Black women's voices, that uplift and being able to direct women to those spaces through our calendar and other ways that we are informing people of how they can get together and connect with women in other spaces. Because we are here. We are here and we have voices. We have a lot to talk about. Yes, we do.
0: (laughs) We have a lot to talk about and that's what I wanted for season three of this podcast was to the theme of this season is the season of you, the season of self-care. And I'm going to have the conversations about what self-care really needs to look like in the years now moving forward because it's, it like I said, it has to be a lifestyle because we're training, you know, just like when you said you, you created a space where you're letting go of the hustle and the grind. The hustle and the grind is what we were trained to do. Uh You know, I remember being younger and saying, like, how are these people living on these yachts, working from their laptops, (laughs) like (laughs) lounging and making millions of dollars while we're physically, you know, we think that making money and physicality are intertwined and I'm learning that it's not. So definitely, I can't wait to see the spaces and hopefully I can make a couple of them. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. love to. Yeah. I love being in those. I, there's just something when you walk into it's like you walk into a different reality when you walk into a room with powerful black women. <laughs> it's, it like you're, it it's like you're transported to some other place. So congratulations on that. I know that for me, my mission is I love this podcasting world. I think audio is a powerful space to be in. So I'm a, on a mission to get a thousand women to start a podcast marginalized, indigenous, Afro, Black women to start their own podcast. Because I think, like you said, we have a lot to say yes. <laughs> and our voices need to be out there and we don't have to wait for other people to build our stages. We can build our own and have our own conversations amongst each other and also build platforms where other Black women, indigenous and Afro women can come and have conversations with us like we are today. We have two different factions in the world. But we're coming together and having a conversation and that needs to happen more and more because it opens up opportunities for us and for other people. And that that I feel is very important that we get our voices, our stories, our perspectives out into the world. And I think that to in my opinion, podcasting is a great way to do that.
1: Absolutely. The power of voice.
0: Yeah. The power of voice. And you know, and we both know that because we both were have worked in the music industry. I thought about it. I said, now how what song did everybody sing around the world on Halloween night? Thriller. <laughs> 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 because the power of that sound and that music isn't you could hear the first note and you know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And that's the power of audio. And that's why Clubhouse was blew up in 2020 and radio is still around. That's right. But I want to thank you. I know you have to get back to work. I have to get back to work. And this has been a very enlightening conversation. You have a home here. Whenever you want to come back, just, you know how to reach don't me. Tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't t- it's like, girl, I got something to talk about. <laughs> but I really, this has been a long time coming and I really appreciate your yes. Thank you for your energy, your insight, your brilliance, and your love of Black women. It radiates in everything that you do. So tell people how they can find you. I know you don't like to be found found, but (laughs) is (laughs) You don't like to
1: put me out there, however... (laughs) However, you can visit the Black Girls Talk website, and I always remind people that Black Girls Talk, there is no I in spelling it out, so it's B-L-A-C-K-G-R-L-S, because we're your girls, there's no I, it's about us, it's about the sisterhood, us coming together as women to support each other. So you can connect with me through the Black Girls Talk website and of course on Instagram and Facebook as well at Black Girls Talk.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. And we will connect later. But you have a great day and make sure that you tell your daughter that you now have her answer. (laughs) (laughs) I will win this one. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. Have an amazing day. You as well. Thank you for listening to Black Women Amplified. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and log on to blackwomenamplified.com for more information. Keep shining.